I saw Dean. Are any of our shepherds here? Raise your hand. Not one today. I just want to remind everybody that if you ever need any spiritual guidance, any kind of, of help uh, from Scripture, talk to one of our shepherds. Dean's here today. He'd be glad to talk to you. I would be glad. Caleb would be glad. Any of us would be more than happy to visit with you concerning anything uh, that you might have. I made the eighth grade basketball team when I was in seventh grade. And um, I remember getting my first uniform. Oh, it was so pretty. It was green. It, uh, and not that lime green stuff no, that they wear today. I'm talking this deep uh, I want to call it royal green, but I know that's royal blue, but uh, it was this wonderful green color and um, It had a gold belt on it and 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 a, a Gold jersey that said generals across the front had my number and we wore target socks back then uh, If you don't know what target socks are then ask someone that's a little bit older than you and, and this next picture, that's me right there, just trying to, I'm right over here, trying to get this thing to work. I'm just ready to spring into action there. Look at me, I've got my hands down, I'm just kind of watching the action there. And, and from that picture, you can also see that I used to be skinny once. There have been a number of t-shirts over the years that we've worn. We've worn one that said, I, I think I'll move off of that just for, and we'll go to the next verse. Don't read that yet. Nobody needs to be exposed to that picture for too long. Um, we, we've worn t-shirts that say, uh, uh, I found it, or Jesus saves, and it's been become a tradition that that you wear a, or, or you get a t-shirt at any event, at a, at a youth event, at a youth rally, or anything like that, you get a t-shirt. But it's kind of interesting because wearing the t-shirt means absolutely nothing. You can wear the t-shirt and do all kinds of things and it doesn't reflect what the t-shirt says. I'm always amused by the people, and, and please don't misunderstand me on this one if you have a jersey, but I, I'm always amused by people who wear the jerseys of their favorite team. You know, I know it's, it's in support of, but, but it's interesting because unless you're in the game, it really doesn't matter much. Sometimes I think that's kind of what we think is that, that if we wear the jersey, we're in the game. Colossians chapter 3 says, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. The Bible has a lot of references to this. 
Here's one from Ephesians. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. I want to stop there for just a moment. To your former way of life. I love that image, that concept. You remember the Corinthian letter says, and such were some of you. And we're going to see something later on that, that mentions this. It allows us to change. We can change because these people in Scripture changed. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on, I love that imagery, to put on the new self created to be like God in truth and holiness. This morning as we prepared to get ready for church services, we put on the clothes that we have today. We are wearing them. We put our arms in the sleeves. We put our, uh, for the guys, we put our legs in the pants. We, it, it's just one of those kind of things where we wear our clothes. And he says it's the same thing with, with you in that you have put on a new self. This passage from Colossians. And we're going to use this later on. Paul says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26 and 28, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Into and clothed. I think those are interesting terms. There is neither Jew or Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And, and one of the things that I noticed about this, if you look at those two passages together, the one that we read earlier from Ephesians, uh, or from Colossians, uh, it says, there's not a Gentile or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. And then he comes to this passage. He says, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. In essence, what he is saying there is once you become a Christian, there are no such limitations. We are all the same. We have become one. Once you've been clothed with Christ, none of the other descriptions matter. You are clothed and you have put on Jesus. So what does this mean? Well, I've, last week, you, you know, am I all right? Okay. Uh, don't look, but it's just me on the screen back there. Uh, I, I'm telling you, you looked, Vaughn. I told you not to. <laughs> I, I, I told you about the, uh, the, the, the clock in the back of the building one time, and, and somebody put a sign underneath it, remember Lot's wife. So uh, that's kind of what we, hey, there you go. All right, thanks, back there in the back. Last week I told you we didn't have a three-point sermon, and this week we do. So uh, if you're taking notes, here we go. What does this mean to put on Christ, to be clothed with Christ? Number one, it means that we walk differently. Now, I'm not talking about the way we amble. 
I'm talking about our lives. And I've mentioned this before, and I love this concept. In, in the King James Version, it uses the term walk a lot. Some of the newer versions uh, use the term live. And I really like the walk a whole lot better. Because it, it, it conjures this imagery of the life that we live as a journey, as we are walking along with Jesus, as we walk along with our brothers and sisters, we walk along and there is something that's different about us in the way that we act, the way that we walked day by day. That was one of the things that they noticed about Jesus. And I know you will say, well, Jim, no, wait a minute. Jesus had a certain power to him. I agree with that. That's true. But I think also that we can walk differently, that there can be something about us that's different. I, Jesus, I remember they, they said he spoke as one with authority and not as the scribes and the Pharisees. I think the same thing could be said of us, not that we are authoritarian in any way. But there's something in the way that we live. Paul says this, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Paul's writing to really a, a group of Jews, and he's telling them, don't live as the Gentiles do. And you got to understand the culture of the day. There were, there were two distinct classes of people at least. And Paul is saying, don't live as the Gentiles do. Look around the world. You don't have to live pessimistically. You can live optimistically. The world can be unholy. You can be holy. You don't have to participate in the things that the world offers. You can walk differently. In fact, if you put on Christ, you do act differently. And this is such an interesting and yet difficult concept. Being in the world, but not of the world. This week I was reading... And, and came across an interesting concept. It said, Jesus was crucified on a garbage heap. And his cross was put on top of the garbage heap. And today we try to put the cross in beautiful buildings. And I thought, what an interesting thought. Perhaps as we walk, what we're doing, we're taking the cross into the world. We're taking the cross into places that it's never been before. We think the only place you can be holy is in the building. And he tells us very differently that he wants us to walk differently. But number two, we must do all things in the name of love. You want a good definition of that? Read 1 Corinthians 13. Paul told the Ephesians, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk, there's that word again, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 
There was a song a few years ago that Dionne Warwick sang. Y'all remember that? Some of you. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That's the only thing that there's just too little of. The only problem is the world co-opted that word love and made it into something sensual. And it almost sounds glib and almost sounds uh, just flippant. Well, you need to love one another. But I want to tell you something. Love is not something that's glib or flippant. It seems so simplistic. But to understand love, you have to have received love, I think. And you may say, but I haven't been the beneficiary of God's love. My life has not been what it should be. It has been uh, a total wreck. And where is God in all of this? Ah, He's been right beside you all the way. And if you don't think that you understand God's love, then perhaps you haven't read this passage. This, you see, is how much God loved the world. Enough to give his only special son that everyone who believes in him should not be lost, but should share in the life of God's new age. It's from N.T. Wright's translation, God's, or the Kingdom New Testament. Sometimes it helps us to to read another version to to get us to see it so differently because sometimes we have read it so much that we really kind of glaze over it. But when we see that God doesn't want us to be lost. But number three, it's important that we walk in wisdom. I, I read a thing that said the difference between Uh, Knowledge and wisdom is this. Knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are fruits. Wisdom is not putting them in a fruit salad. (laughs) Knowledge is something that we all need. Once again, I want to return to this passage from Ephesians chapter 4. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Our goal, our hope, our mission is to be like God and his son, Jesus Christ. I love the songs that Caleb picked today. Oh, to be like thee, just as I am, without one plea. And we sing those songs and we realize that that is the direction we should go. And we feel so inadequate sometimes. And and so we come to a passage of Scripture and I, I kind of tease about this, but, but I, I, I'm, I love to come to the passage that I've memorized as my favorite verse. And I will quote it as often as I can. Therefore, 
we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are, are, are providing for us a joy that far outlives them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. If we walk differently, if we love differently, if we walk in wisdom, we will become more and more like Jesus.